we, we, we should rap about things that we like, like, like food. That's what you bugging us, you know it. We're gonna be like the Partridge family, but with food. You like food, don't you? Got any uh, white bread? Yes. Go away. I am the spaghetti. Duval, you're not the spaghetti. I am the spaghetti. Let go of the lid. Just spaghetti in here. Is this organic? Sure. Is it grass-fed? Yes. Cruelty-free? What's so special about the cheese maker? As the saying goes, you are what you eat. And I am freaking cheese. I wouldn't kick it out of bed for eating crackers. How about four beans, Mr. Tiger? I'd say you've had enough. Sweeter. No? Enjoying your raspberry water there, Sal? Yeah, I love it. I like it. This is... I'm trying to see how much sugar is there in it, but... Yeah. I'm too blind, I can't see. Give us a look. Can you see? (laughs) (laughs) Says me with the worst vision in the world. It's kind of written, though, in black. Yeah, black on. Uh, this is. Uh, so it's really sweet. It's delicious though, raspberry. Um, not as sweet as the elder flower. Yes, it's thirty-nine grams per hundred per nine. No, sorry, seven point eight grams per hundred. Oh, that's okay. Seven point eight percent. No sugar diet. So yeah. going to be under nine grams per hundred mils on the no sugar. Really? Yeah. Uh, I've never really dieted so. I don't have the discipline for it. I just really don't. I just like eating, and I want to. Yes, I want to. I, I want to eat whatever. I want to eat what I want. I'd rather, which is sort die. of what I'm doing at the moment, or die. Yes. I'd rather go and run more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen the oatmeal? The oatmeal's a cartoonist. Oatmeal. Yeah, that's oh. that's. I'll send you a link. He's a he's a sort of web cartoonist. He writes. He writes sort of funny stuff about ordinary things. Yeah, Seinfeld. Yeah, a little bit, but very webby. But one of his things is that he he runs because he just likes eating really lots of crap food, you know, chips and ice cream and stuff. So he just he runs like ultra marathons and stuff like that. He's really really fit, yeah, right. but just so he can eat just eat whatever he likes. <laughs> so. Yeah. And we've got all those sports players, you know, all those athletes. Once they stop, they all blow up. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because they're just used to grazing on whatever they want, I suppose. Um, I think it's a lot different now than what it used to be. Um, like now, especially the big professional sports, they have dietitians and, and, you know. But, like, when I coached the rep stuff, when I first assistant coached, mm. we used to do a, a big pasta... Um, a big pasta cook-up for after after training because otherwise they'd train for three hours, four hours, and then they go and eat McDonald's or KFC. Yeah, right. hmm. So we try and get them to at least eat something half decent between each training. Set. <laughs> now that we've got it, now that we've got a new mic, the uh, Hoeing into cheese and uh, anything crunchy is a lot more Sorry. audible than it used to be. That's so celery look really good though, and it picks up the clinking of ice cubes very well. <laughs> um, I used to cook for the AIS. Oh, okay. So I used to get all these little swimmers. You know, they'd be anywhere from eight, yeah, to sixteen or whatever age they are, and um, yeah, they just used to eat crap. 
Oh, really? Get me to, I cook for them when they're in Melbourne because they come down to, you know, meets. And I would have to go and cook for them on meals. But, you know, and I'd take it around there, you know, set it all up for them and that'll be going into, you know, Maccas and, yeah. you know, they don't really care. I'm sure today it's much, yeah, much more different. Well, uh, a lot of the, uh, at least in the NBA, the, the sport, the American sport, I follow a lot. A lot of the, um, a lot of it's back to personal responsibility. Yeah. So when they're at home and eating, a lot of them will hire, at least for the season, they will hire a chef or a dietitian mm-hmm. to just cook them. You know the sort of meals that they need to do. Well, you don't pay so much money. I mean, yeah. Really, it's. Well, and if you it's can, ex- your respons- yeah, your if you can extend your career by one year, like hiring a chef for the whole length of your career, an extra year on your contract will pay for that easy. Yeah. Um, but the NFL, I think, is the other way around, where they have these huge training facilities, and but they have you know guys that are massive, and it's basically like um, I don't know, like a like a boarding school, and you can. You can rock up and have breakfast and lunch. I don't think there are, there's something in the contract. They're not allowed to cook them dinner, I don't think, but they can cook them breakfast and lunch. So, like, because it's all tied in with the, how much they can pay them in contracts because, obviously, if you are a club with more money, you can do things like that better and then you can attract better players. But, yeah, so. Actually, I was reading something the other day. You know how Google and everyone now, you know, it was a big thing. They have these food and everything's free and, hmm. you know, favourite movie on the line um you know the um the, what's the movie with Owen Wilson and Vince oh Ford? the 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 one that's set at Google yeah I have not seen that movie oh you have got to see that movie <laughs> seriously it's a good movie yeah the intern oh it's so funny you would find it hilarious you do like my kitchen rules they sell oh no well, yeah, that, that. <laughs> hey, I only got onto last week um, Gogglebox. No, I haven't seen. Never I'd, watched that. I'd, I don't like reality television. No, so. This is freaking hilarious. It's watching people watching TV. I know it's oh now my God. I don't even like watching yeah, TV. I agree. <laughs> but shit, it's hilarious because the only reason I like watching my kitchen rules is because you can sit there and you just bag it out. It's hilarious. It's like the you know. It's like sport. Shaun the Sheep's where it's at, Sal. Te- <laughs> television starts and ends with Shaun the Sheep. I'm sorry, that's where it's at. Uh, oh, anyway, this is hilarious. It's watching people watch TV shows and listening to the conversation they have on the couch. And I, <laughs> you're not you're not selling it to me. I barely laughed all last week. I don't know. They're just hilarious. You know, they're just weirdo people that obviously want to be on TV, but. Shit, it's funny. Why are we talking about this? I don't know. Oh, you know, so I was reading an article the other day about saying, you know how Google and everyone was setting up cafeterias so they'd have all free food and stuff? Well, now the trend is not to supply them with food because they're supporting their community. So they want their workers to go out and they help cafes oh, okay. and places yeah, so in the area and they want them to Support the local local businesses. Yeah, so don't, they don't keep want it to all be in so house. They actually now it's about building community and go out for lunch, get out of the building, go and support our local community. How cool is that? I actually went out for a meal on Sunday. Did you? Where'd yes. you go? Went to is it Tomahawk Bar? Tomahawk. Oh, grown ups place. At South Bank? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not like <laughs> 
not like the kids' food court. The, the babies had a sleep, so. At South Bank. Yeah, right. Is that who's that? Who owns uh, it? Know about that? It's it's. I think we're where sardine tin and oh, that, that little place there right um and they had uh, say craft beers and popcorn chicken which i'd never had before which is very nice no with a caramel sauce which again i'd never had chicken with caramel oh, sauce okay. before. Was it, nice? it was beautiful yeah and they had um lamb ribs but they didn't have any and had something else and they didn't have any. They had some meatballs that were nice. Um, but, yeah, it was just nice to, to have a lunch. Yeah. So, yes, we were lucky because we'd been, been – um, Curtis and the twins, you know, went into that water play area all morning. And, oh, I saw you Facebooking that or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, and tied themselves out. And so they went for a sleep and went, quick, let's go to a, have a meal and a beer. <laughs> The problem was I had one beer and I was like, oh, I could have about six of these. And then sleep all afternoon. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. But, yeah, it was so, nice to eat out. popcorn, chicken and caramel sauce. It wasn't real caramel sauce, was it? Was it a bit more savourier? Uh, like salt, salted caramel. Salted caramel Yeah, sauce. so it was salty and... Oh, it still doesn't appeal to me. It, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. It was nice. Yeah, right. Well, that was the... Uh, Aranichi balls? Aranichi. Aranichi. I've got it in my head the wrong way. Aranichi. Oh, no. You just oh, all my food cred goes, just disappears down the down the gurgler every time I say Aranichi. Woo! So we got three. They had like all little shared stuff. So you had three yeah. of them and some other meatballs and this yeah. popcorn chicken and the popcorn chicken went first. It went. Oh. So, hmm. Oh, cool. That's good. I love that little area down there. It's buzzing. It's yeah. Cool. I like it because you can go anywhere and you can watch the world go by. Yep. And Curtis sort of ran around and yeah. no one got too phased. And no. Well, there's kids there. It's not yep. like it's grown-ups area. No. It's like well, I think it might have. I think it might have been night time. You you know you would have would have yeah. been a bit more, but it was like one o'clock. You know. Yeah. No one really cared. I still love that. South Bank area. Well, the, the, the water. I, just think, I think it's amazing. Well, the water park sort of next to the beach, which is, I guess, for more the, the kiddies and the younger kids. Yeah. Yeah, like Curtis could have stayed there all day. Yeah, he could have stayed there till he was 12. Yeah. So. It's amazing. But, um, yeah, it was, it was good good to get out of the house. Oh, nice. Well, I've been out a few times this week too. Mm. What's What do you reckon the... We were talking about your rather expensive salad before. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. I reckon I could make salad for six people for 30 bucks, but. Yeah, it just shits me. There's no need to charge that much. No. You know, it's a lunchtime place. It's not open at night time. No. And, you know, they had, like, five big pieces of chicken. And chickens like, that, chi- like, I'm sure they're not buying organic free range. I'm sure they're not either, but just give me three. And yeah. then they had all this crisp. And then they had way too much Some um, avocado. No, Chris, it's all, you know, Chris is quite a wiry. Yeah, it's not It's, it's not, not something really you just chew big mouthfuls through. Yeah. yeah. Well, they just chucked a whole bunch of Chris, so you had to chop all that through that. And then they had all this overripe avocado, so they all mushed up. And then they put too much salad dressing on the, 
things. It was all going, by the time I got it, it was kind of half going soggy. And then there was the chicken. And I thought, it was nice. I mean, flavour-wise, it was okay. It wasn't, you know, anything to write home about, but you certainly wouldn't complain about it. But, you know, 27 bucks. Mm. What do you reckon them? a bit steep. What's the most expensive meal you've ever eaten? Oh, God, I hate to think. Have you ever had like a... In Australia? A, no, just, just generally. Like, have you been to... What's the, the, the famous one that, that's now closed? El Bulle. I haven't been there. No. Or Fat Duck. You've never been to Fat Duck? I haven't Duck. Fat Duck either. I haven't even heard any reports coming out of Fat Duck yet. Out of Melbourne? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard the food's good. I've seen a few. Probably won't be. Yeah. No, I don't know. I did do one... What's the most expensive place in Brisbane? Because the best place is not sort of particularly overpriced, is it? No. no I think, well, I think Esquire is very, very reasonable for yeah. what you get. So I wouldn't classify that as the most expensive. Aria? Aria. Yeah. Sydney prices brought into Brisbane. Yeah, although he's had to change the prices a bit. Uh, okay. I don't know, we were having this conversation, okay, the other day, right? I was chatting to a mate. She goes, oh, I'm just going to go down the street. The burger truck's up the road. She lives in, um, over in Footscray, Yarraville, in Melbourne. Cool, trendy, hip. They have um, trucks all lined this particular street, a couple of nights a week, and everyone at the street, everyone goes out there, and there's hundreds of people, and they I go, oh, cool, you going for a burger? What's a burger? Oh, it's great, I'm just going to get burgers for the family. There's five fifty each. Holy Jesus. I went, awesome. She goes, oh, the queue's huge. They make a fortune. And I thought, yeah, but that's the difference. Up here, they'd be 14 bucks. Yeah. You can't get... You know, you wouldn't be buying... And I don't... I think it's just... Like, like even the... Get a burger and smash it out. You only need 100 grams of beef. Make it thin. Yeah. I think it's all about the application of what you're trying to do, you know? like. But even the, the burger place down at Windaroo, which is... You know, your typical suburban takeaway burger, it's it's yeah. okay. It's yeah. not flash. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, two bur- two works burgers and, and two uh, potato scallops is 20 bucks. And, like, you know, I wouldn't be saying to you, hey, hey, so when you come down to Lantana Land, you've got to stop in at this place and have a burger. Yeah. I don't even know whether that – I de- I very much doubt they'd be making their own burger patties. They'd Did you ever go to Betty's Burgers? Never been great. to, to New so much because it's just oh yeah, I know the one you're talking about there. It got closed down yeah, with the, she got closed she, down. she got it pushed out. Yeah. yeah. But you know, they weren't huge, they weren't massive, they're a buck, they're just a good burger. Yeah. Buck. I mean I bought it everyone and bought ice cream and drinks and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. you know it was legendary. It wasn't massive. Well, and I just kind of don't get this whole overcharging for stuff. I mean, the cafe that I was in today, there's three of us in there. Every other place around us was full. Yeah. It's like, why don't you just drop your prices? Get more people, turn stuff bucks, over. Or just make the sell at $18. Yeah. You know, it's still steep, but, you know, if you can't make a salad for 18 bucks, there's something wrong with you. Well, Rory, who was on the podcast the week you were moving, who's running the Red Robin Sub Club food truck yeah, yeah, out yeah, the yeah, back yeah, of yeah. Southside Tea Rooms, and his thing is trying to pitch it cheap enough so that he's 
filling up the space. You know, he wants lots of people there. He wants it to feel like there's a vibe and an atmosphere. So he's like, well, I'm going to make it so that, you know, we're not in the city, we're not in the valley. So I want all the local people to come here and have it as their local and the food to be good and interesting but not expensive. Yeah. So he's going for that. Well, what's Eat Street like? Is Eat Street overpriced? I've been there for ages, actually. I don't know what Eat Street's like. I can't really comment because I've only been there a couple of times. The two times I went there, it was so packed, so packed. We actually didn't eat. Yeah, right. I mean, the first time I think I remember I bought tomatoes and I went home and had tomatoes and toast and I bought a donut on the way out. The other time, we didn't eat there. It was so packed, we just left. Well, Kylie... In Kylie, who we, we saw at at, um, at uh, Food Connect, yeah, who came in, and they went to there was a food truck thing at Powerhouse Markets, yeah, and they went down on a Sunday afternoon, same sort of thing, you know, yeah. wandered down, have a feed, and the lineup was fifty meters long, yeah, and they saw friends who were halfway down the line and had been in line for half an hour, and I and they said, well, you know, then probably it's another half an hour before you put an order in. And then you got to wait for them to make your food because you're not going to get your food when you order. Mm. You're going to have to wait. And and I'm like, well, how how great's the food going to be if they're just basically overworked? You know, they're just going to be slapping it together, aren't they? Yeah. Getting it out the door. Yeah. So. No, it's, um, mm. That was what always. I, I learned something really interesting that the the little time I worked at Salt and they used to have a roaring breakfast trade, you know, just people would line up or and because it, it was just walk in. You couldn't book, so it was just walk in. So people would be, you know, always walking past, nowhere full, nowhere full. And some of the wait staff used to sort of feel the pressure and try and move people on. And Paul used to say, no, look, you know, while they're sitting there reading their paper, they finished their breakfast, the kitchen can only do so much. If you push people out off the table and someone else comes in and orders breakfast, it might be half an hour before we can get them that breakfast. But if they sit there for another 15 minutes and read the paper and order two more coffees, coffees we can bang out as quickly as anything, you know, and, yeah. and there's good margin on it. There's no use getting more people in if we're full if the kitchen can't keep up with it, you know. There's, I can't put an extra chef into the kitchen because all they do is get into it in each other's road then. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I just, it was really interesting. I just thought, you know, you've got people waiting that, you know, get them, get them in, get them in, get someone else out, get them in. But yeah. no, he was like, once we're full, we're full. Like, we're at capacity. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, it's an interesting one. So, you, you've never had like a 180 single meal or anything like that? No. Not, no. not not in Japan? In Japan, I probably, we went and we paid. Have you been to, uh, what's his name? Is it Jiro? Jiro. Place? I've never been to Jiro. It's my go this time. Because I'm off to Japan in a few weeks. But I did go to a place called Tempura Matsu, which was amazing. But I think even that only costs us like 140 bucks, 40 140 straight. But that was amazing. That was like eight people sitting there. And we had the most incredible food. Big bowls made out of ice served with cold udon noodles and yeah. egg and fit. But 
can't remember. I'll track down another one for you to go to too in Tokyo um, and you might have to do a bit of digging around. But it's yeah. a guy, I don't know if he was born in Japan or if he was born in America from Japanese parents. Mm. And he made it big on the Food Network or something like that. Like, So he was a celebrity chef. He was Gordon Ramsay level celebrity chef in the States mm. doing Japanese food. Mm. And then he just quit the celebrity chef went back and opened this little 10-seat sushi bar in some back alley in Tokyo that, like, it's not in, you know, the ritzy restaurant. It's just, like, you have to know where it is to go and find it. And and he's just working on perfecting his thing. And it's just, like, this need he felt to come back and sort of get acceptance in Japan. Yeah. Um, Japanese thing to do. Yeah. And so anyway, this this article on it was from you know from these Americans going to Japan and trying to find this place, and it was like, you know, in a back street down some stairs, and he's like, you'd never. He's like this little tiny sign over a doorway. He said, you'd, you'd never know it was there, and he said it was just amazing. They stayed for like three hours and had like fourteen course, fourteen little tiny courses or something like that. And he's explaining each one and. I haven't been to Tokyo, so I'm absolutely oh. super duper excited. But like Kyoto and Osaka and stuff, like the lights are generally really dim anyway. It's not like it's lit up with these bright, ridiculous lights everywhere. Okay. You know, the street, it's all dim and it'll be a dark door. I mean, there's some, I was out to lunch with a girlfriend of mine the weekend and she was telling me she'd been to Japan and they went into this what looked like a derelict building. They got into a lift. They went up to the third floor. They got out. There was no one, nothing there. It was all just no one lived there. They walked down a hallway around the corner. There was a door. They had to bang on it. And then a little hatch opened. They said a password and then they let them in. And when you went inside, she goes, it's full on. It's like, Sounds like get party, smart. party central. The food oh, is amazing. Really? She's going, but you know, you would never. She said, you would never find it. Yeah, like, they're not going to get walk-ins. Yeah, you can't ever. She said it was amazing because she was with Cirque du Soleil, so there's, there's lots of um, Japanese, my roommate's Japanese, so it was like, So what, how come you've never, like, because this is your what, fourth or fifth time back yeah, to Japan? Yeah, I just never got to tell you because when I was going there last time, I was going right down to the bottom to Kyushu, so I'd fly into um Kyoto, um, Osaka, and I'd fly out. So, yeah. and I didn't have to go to Tokyo for anything. And plus, the first few times I went, I was a guest of Japan Tourism. So, you went I where got they were, yeah. and I just had to go on a bit of a, you know. So, what are you doing another food tour this time? No, I'm just going with a friend, two for one. Wow. Two for one, and I was I was watching the computers that came through, and I was on the phone to a friend, and I said, "Let's go to Japan." Yeah, this was like way last year. You know what comes through. I love doing that. So just like a, a flight deal. Yeah, they have two for one. They do it quite often. Yeah. So you buy one airfare, split it between the two of you. So it costs me five hundred dollars return. Oh, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, and I've got a girlfriend that's just moved to Japan from Dubai. She teaches English. Yeah. So. Just gonna hook up she's with her. In Tokyo. Go and see her. I'm just gonna go. Because you you. Obviously, know a fair few places to stay, and that would not be hugely expensive. I would yeah, guess. Yeah, well, you know, it, 
it's funny, I reckon accommodation in Japan is weird because you pay, it's expensive. Yeah. Like, you know, if you want to stay in a proper Rikan, it can cost you like three or four hundred dollars a night. Yeah. So I kind of, I, luckily, i friends with Jane Lawson. Yeah. You know Jane Lawson? So she's over there at the moment. She's been taking tours and doing stuff and I just said to her, quick, where am I going to stay? Quick, stay here, book it now. You've got to get in because when we're going is actually cherry blossom time. Ah, nice. So, so everyone wants to go season. there. So I booked out accommodation way back then. So I would much rather go in actual cherry season than cherry blossoms. <laughs> but cherry blossom season, right, so they have parties. They put down heaps of tarps and they just party. It's just like party central. It's just Parties all over the place under the cherry blossom. Because that's – it's is it southern hemisphere? So what is it there now? It's cold there now. It's cold there. So it's yeah. So it's northern hemisphere. So that'll be their spring. Mm. Coming coming into the yeah yeah. I've never been there in that time of year either. I'm usually always there as it's coming into winter. Oh, okay, because that's Very the cheaper cool. time to travel. No, it just that's how it's panned out. And because I go down to go Kanesha, which is this amazing um, mountain range. Yeah. So in autumn, it's totally incredible because once I was there, we went there because green, and we stayed there for a week. And the course oh, of the everything week, changed. The trees changed. That is something I would like to see. I'd like to go to right. Canada or somewhere like that. You know, England, somewhere that has a real seasonal change in that spring or autumn. I'm just going to Melbourne and get that. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to go to Melbourne a lot more, but going going anywhere is a bit of a yeah. We're yeah. Not going anywhere for a while. No, no. <laughs> when I think of it, how much effort it was to go to South Bank on Sunday, <laughs> 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 going to somewhere like uh, you know England or Melbourne or New Zealand seems like a bit of a stretch. Yeah, imagine taking those kids on a plane. Actually, I think they'd be pretty good, but it's just the logistics. Like you've only got so many hands. And you could have one twin on the front, one on the back. Yeah, well, like, like by the time they like Curtis, Curtis can walk. walk. It's just then you know you got to carry Curtis bags. Carry a kid. So, <laughs> <laughs> he'd, he'd have a go. He's, he's um, funny. We, he, he's funny with kids with food. Like we, we've been doing the eating together every night, and. Um, so what did we have two nights? I did the cauliflower, I told you that, we had cauliflower one night. And then the next night we had bolognese with fresh pasta. Really, the kid's getting spoiled. Yeah. He's getting some pretty good food yeah. for a, for yeah. a three-year-old. But, yeah, not interested in the cauliflower. Fresh pasta, though, love the fresh pasta. Mm. Hoovered that up. Mm. I, was, I was trying to think, like, he's probably eaten more fresh pasta in his life than processed pasta, I think. So, it was a, a, a tweet by Epicurus the other day saying, when is it a good time to use fresh pasta and when is it a good time to use dry pasta? And I'm like, uh, never. <laughs> I want to get an extruder so I can do swirl, fresh swirl pasta. Yeah. No, you just get a machine and you make the pasta dough and then um, um, and then just stick it in and it basically just extrudes it in a in the swirl so but um 
don't eat much pasta. Full stop. I just don't eat much pasta. Do you like fresh pasta though? I love it. Mm. I love it. I'm not particularly. I sort of make three pastas. I either make a pesto one if I've got heaps of basil. Mm. I, I, I really like a good bolognese. Mm. You know, like especially if I can do it the day before and you know do that, cook the sauce and let it sort of break mm. down. Oh, and I've been doing your pork and beef too, and I think that is much better. Oh yeah. Than just using beef. I'd never done that before. Oops. Our makeshift studio is falling apart. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Pork makes everything taste better. Yeah. Plus, beef's too beefy. Oh, no, we've had some. I read this, actually, okay, controversial. I read this thing on Facebook the other day, right? Someone was saying, um, oh, I'm so angry. I've just read this thing. You know, Pete Evans is now telling people to cook for their babies um, bone broth. Right? Stock. Yeah, stock. Yeah. Right, they're going to tell you to put chicken feet in it and livers and stuff. Anyway, and I was reading the comments and I'm going, oh, how dare you tell us what to feed our children? And that, I was reading it and I was thinking, you all go and buy that tin shit from the supermarket. It's marked organic, but it's still loaded with shit because it has to be mm. sit there you know and they're all getting so angry and so i went and read the recipes what's the recipe anyway it was just making stock, just stock. out of bones it was saying you know if you want put some chicken feet in there to get that beautiful gelatinous stuff yeah. out of the well, like, well i use that one of the butchers i got the last butcher i got pork trotters off he was like what are you sticking pig's feet in there for mm. i like because it makes awesome stock yeah you know you get that real gelatinous thing these women were going, oh, going, he should stick to this stupid paleo thing and what's he doing sticking his nose into kids' food and thinking, oh, it's not, sure, that's way better than that crap you're getting in those stupid little tubes that they all suck out. I see those kids sucking on those stupid fruit tubes. We use them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> see, I don't have kids, so I was like, am well, I being overreactive? We were, we were a lot better with Curtis and I think um, – the, the 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 tins are a lot worse than those plasticky tube things because mm. I think those plasticky tube things are vacuum sealed yeah and they're just fruit or veggies or whatever yeah. um, but we, we were bad is it making stock for kids like is that bad well we made when we had Curtis we had a lot more time we used to just whatever I cooked that night when he was on the mush they sort of go mush and then you know once they get teeth they want to they want to explore textures but when he was on the mush i just throw whatever we had the night before in to the food processor with a handful of cooked rice and blitz it up and that was his you know that was his sort of smooth stuff for the next day yeah right so yeah it was just an interesting one for me. Look, I was thinking, wow everyone went off. that that's 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 not what you want to go off on. Yeah. There's a kid at daycare who every morning I drop the boys off at daycare has three hash browns and a chocolate thick shake for breakfast. Every day, Sal. Every day. He's four. And I'm just like, just it. I'm like, 
And it's not like breakfast is a hard meal to make. You know, you can buy like wheat bix as boring as wheat bix is. You know, there's not much sugar in it, and like Curtis will eat two wheat bix with a few sultanas every day, except he's on hot cross buns at the moment. But but you know, it's not that hard. Stick it in a bowl, put some milk in. Yeah. Get up ten minutes earlier. Yeah. Like you can't be that rushed in the morning that you can't give your kid two wheat bix in a bowl with some milk. But every day I rock up and he's got his McDonald's bag and a big, I don't know, 600 mil chocolate thick shake. And I'm just like, man, that's a lot of sugar to give a four-year-old at that time of day. You're probably, you're probably better off giving him a bowl of Cocoa Pops. There'd probably be less sugar in it. <laughs> oh, the question I had to ask you was enchiladas. Yeah. Do you have a good enchiladas recipe? Well, you know, it's just cool. Chicken or pork or beef or I don't really. So do you put um, do you put tomato tomatoy stuff in with the chicken? Look, I do because I like the chicken to be wet, moist, softer. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I don't make enchiladas a lot, but what I would do if I was making. <laughs> well, like well, I made I them with do that cool beef or pork. Yeah. Well, I did that. Pork. I had those pork hocks that I'd done in master stock, and yeah. I had all the leftover sort of pull bits, and I made some out of them. I really, I just really liked it. Yeah, that'd be good. I just thought it was was quite nice. Yeah, this is one of those things that I've just never really made before. Yeah, no, I don't make a lot. Pat really loves tacos. Yeah, I love tacos. So you know, but you know, he only likes them with the mints and the packet thing, you know. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm not going to town there. Yeah. But um, I don't make them. I don't, we don't no. make Mexican very much. But I love Mexican food. I, I love ta- tacos too. And there's something about you get them in the oven and they're just right so they're not sort of too brown. But they're when you, you get that real crunch mm. and, yeah, I just make like a real simple salsa and shitload of sour cream. Oh, well, you went to Mexican last week, didn't you? Yeah, where was that? After straight after the podcast, that's why we had to to, to finish off. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Was that good Mexican? No. No. I did have some. No, it was just kind of a bit. Well, Tex Mex. I want to say I'm going to go out there and live, right? I looked at the kitchen; they're all young, and I thought, oh no! And I read the menu, and it was all tomato, onion, corn. And I thought it's really one-dimensional. There's no, no one here has been to Mexico. They're all reading it from a book because no one knows, you know, and they had this, um, we had like beef, slow braised beef, mole, you know, and it's said with um, Mexican rice. So I think it was going to be that beautiful dirty rice with black beans and, you know, swish tomatoes and garlic and chicken stock, you know, mixed with the rice. It's delicious. What do you think it was? Rice tossed with chopped tomatoes, corn and onion and coriander. Which was like the salad. With <laughs> just tomatoes, tomato, corn. The beef oh. cheeks were dry and they had a base of tomato. And I just went. How can you make beef cheeks dry? There's no sauce. It was just the weirdest thing. Anyway, I mean, look, the place had a beautiful vibe and the staff were amazing. But it's funny, it's like when I go to an Asian restaurant and I know the chef's never been to Asia. Yeah. Because they're cooking straight from a book and they just don't have any. 
grasp of what the flames, the flames are like. And that was what it was like. So I kind of thought, oh, you know, good on you for trying, but really, you don't, you haven't hit the mark. I can make better Mexican mm. But the other night, I went to um, Shaded Palms. Beautiful. That's the one down just down the road here, yeah, isn't it? Stone's corner. Yeah. I've and tried. They had like tortillas and yeah. we had a whole load of stuff. It was really tasty and yummy. And oh, I've, I don't think I've ever eaten Mexican out. It's just one of those things that I always think that it could be dodgy, that mm-hmm. it could be very easily dodgy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you know, I can make dodgy Mexican at home. Yeah, well, you can. So we eat a lot of burritos and tacos because they're quick and easy. Yeah, they're good, you know. And if you make a big salsa and, you know, they're, they're reasonably healthy, probably not for me with the amount of sour cream I put on them. But. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I, might, I think I might have another crack at chicken enchiladas with a bit of maybe with some kidney beans or something. Yeah. Do you know what I would do? What's that? If I was going to make it, I would poach a whole chicken. Yeah. Something then, delicious, and then I shred all the meat. Yeah, and then I just fry it up with you know onions and garlic and ginger and paprika and you know perhaps some um, dried onion, like you would do a rub. Yeah, a Mexican rub with onion powder and garlic powder and paprika and a bit of cayenne and stuff. Well, that's all that old El Paso yeah, thing is, isn't it? Do. Really, it's and just spices and a bit that, of corn so flour. It'll be all nice, and the chicken will still be all nice and moist. Yeah. But you're shredding it and then you're cooking it up with that stuff. Stuff, and yeah. A few tomatoes in there. Yep. That'd be delicious. Yeah, I've I've got big plans for tomatoes this year. <laughs> oh, I've planted these. I've planted this uh, this tomato contraption where I've buried the 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 um the bucket and you put you put cow manure and comfrey and stuff yeah. in the bucket mm. and it's got holes in the bottom and then rather than watering the tomatoes. This stuff just leaches out the bottom and it's full of nutrients and stuff. But yeah. the, the tomato roots grow down to it yeah. and get thing. And, and the, the picture, the blog post I read where I got the idea of it, their tomato plants were eight foot high. Well, we, we were talking about this on another blog post, weren't we? Uh, th- we might have talked about it last week. So I've got ch- cherry tomatoes. Black Russians, the the one that the the sugo one, yeah. you know, there's that that yeah, one yeah, tomato yeah. that's good for sugo, and then at the front I've got the three the brandy ones, you know, the big like the ones that Food Connect had. Yeah, they're just and they they're the most amazing salsa tomato. They're just fantastic. So I'm I'm hoping in. Well, you'll have to have sourcing day. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I get that many, but. I plan to eat a lot of tomatoes. Well, Curtis loves tomatoes, so just one of the things with kids too is to I find is um, when you're cooking and they come up and they go, oh, can I have a bit of that? Yeah, sure. Here, have a bit of that. This is what we're having for dinner, you know. Here's some tomato. Here's some apple. Here's whatever. And then they're more, you know, they're more interested in eating it when they actually have it, so. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I hope you get a bump crop. Yeah. You might be eating a lot of tomatoes in June, Sal. Yeah. You never love tomatoes, can you? I love them. Do you 
you know where I've been shopping lately, actually, now that I'm over here? I go every morning to the Mount, every Sunday morning to the Mount Gravatt Markets. Oh, okay. I've been showgrounds. Yep, yeah, I know where those ones are. They're just fantastic. They're not trendy, they're daggy. You know, there's people there that grow their own stuff. You can tell they've ripped it out of the garden, you know, the night before. Yeah, which is the best stuff. You know, it's weird. I mean, there's still the people there that you can tell have got the crap that, you know, they haven't sold at the market that week. But, you know, you can pick the wood stuff. Yeah. and oh, It's just a really – and then they've got the car boot sale with people selling the most amazing plants, reasonably priced. Yeah. Big pots of herbs for, you know, $1.50. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's just incredible. So it's become my favourite haunt now on a Sunday morning. I just go there and... Any good uh, takeaway sort of food? Yeah, they do. There's a lady there that does Thai, and I was all the of the day, and she was frying off the shrimp paste, and I went, oh, my goodness, what are you making, you know? And she was making prawn pad Thai. Yeah. She was doing it the real, you know... Proper way. Amazing. And then they've got a dumpling place, and they've got... What else have they got there? Lots of different tea joints and a waffle place and a... Oh. When you steam dumplings, should you try and not let them touch each other? Yeah. Yeah. I think I got greedy the other night. Yeah. That's why they pile on top of each other. So they have oh, with the stack. with the, the bamboo stack yeah. of things. Yeah. No, I just had. I've got one of those. Old. <laughs> no, no, I've got one of those. You know the the veggie ones like steamers. Yeah. Right. I just did just did it in that because that's all I had. But um, oh, very nice. I used that. So, the the free range pork bob that sponsored us last week. Yeah. They're selling, like, backpack tubes of pork mints, like yeah, right. coarse pork mints. Yeah. Yeah. So I made some dumplings the other day. They were fantastic. Gosh, that was good. I ate pork all last week. Yeah, I had. Um, so I think I've tried. I want a chicken fist this week. I, I've tried every cut that they're selling of that pork at Super Butcher. And I even had pork chops last night and I never have pork chops. And they're pretty good because I find pork chops that dry out too much. Yeah. Um, I'm not, that's not my favourite cut. So the only thing I haven't bought is like they've got these massive uh, shoulders. Yeah. Like, you know, full full yeah. shoulders and they're like 160 bucks. <laughs> yeah, it'd be awesome. Awesome for like a slow cooked spit roast or something like that. But um, oh, I haven't got any parties coming up. No. Like, oh, that'd be good. But I've got a mate of mine's going on a boys' weekend, and that's what I suggested to him. I said, go and get one of those shoulders because they're so because it's free range and it's got that extra fat in it. Mm. I was like, oh, that'd be wicked over a fire slow yeah. cook because all that extra fat would just render out over yeah. the time, and it'd just be so tender. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, I nearly ordered pork belly for lunch today. And I thought, oh, are you pork belly for lunch? Lunch? Oh, you can never have too much pork belly. Oh, damn. Well, I, I cooked all those dumplings up and then there was way too many. And so the next day I came home and deep fried them. Yep. The, the leftover ones I have are very nice. <laughs> so, all right, so are you got anything you want to plug? Uh, no, I can't. There's Big Vintage, not really plugging anything at the moment. Yeah, when's Big Vintage Next open? Big Vintage, we're open Tuesday to Saturday, 10 to 4. 
industrial kind of vintage furniture and bits and bobs and stuff. Actually, we're about to get the um, Annie Sloan chalk paints. Yeah, I saw that. So that looked pretty cool. Doing up, they're really cool, beautiful colours. They're sort of real, real pastel-y sort of colours. Yeah, we can mix them, so you can make them really deep. Ah, oh, okay. Like it's great. You get that beautiful like French antique finish, or yeah, different. So we're going to start my classes on that soon. Cool. That's all I've got to vlog. And if for some strange reason you're listening to this and you like sport as well, which <laughs> I wouldn't imagine there's much of a crossover, uh, I, I have also now have a sports podcast called The Balls Podcast. Uh, and, yeah, you can find that in, in iTunes and I'll put a link in the show notes. So that's about it. Cool. Catch you next week, Sal. Ciao. Ciao.